Hello and welcome to Causing a Storm, the podcast where we give you a sneak peek under the hood of the fastest growing recruitment business in the world right now. My name is Chelsea and I'm the Global Marketing Director at Levin and each episode I'll be sitting down with one of our incredible team here to talk about their journeys, their learnings and their advice on what it takes to be successful in a business like ours. Today I'm talking to Jan Spottiswood, our head of Storm 2 and Storm 3 in Amsterdam. Jan was one of our first hires when we launched our EU headquarters and in the space of two years has had a level of career progression many would aspire to. Jan came to us from an incredibly entrepreneurial background and used that approach to master this new challenge of recruitment. Having spent the last year leading the Storm 2 team, he's now adding Storm 3 to the mix and I'm so excited to see just how much the team flourishes under his guidance. Welcome Jan, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I'm so excited to having you on and speak through your journey. Likewise, thank you so much for having me Chelsea. <laughs> so let's get straight into it. I would love to kick things off by really understanding what it was about Storm 2 that made you join. Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, for context, before I joined Storm 2, I, was, I had my own startup. I was a, a fashion startup. I've always been a very, let's say, entrepreneurial person. I've always mm. been interested in working for uh, and with early stage companies and, and obviously helping them grow. So when I did get approached, so this was after uh, uh, my startup, when I did get approached by uh, Storm2, you know, what really interested me was, you know, the recruitment was one thing. Um, and of course, that interested me in terms of what it was and the sales side uh, of it and all of that. Yeah. Um, but really, what really got me is sort of the fact that, you know, this was the first uh, office opening in Europe and and you know they sold me the vision and they said okay we want to scale x amount in x amount of years and of course there's a lot of opportunities because it's a completely meritocratic environment so there is no sort of limit for you if you go and work hard and achieve you can actually progress really fast in your career which is something that really obviously uh, uh, interested me a lot of course the commissions you know we're salespeople and and of course the 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 commission structure is very appealing but at the end mm -hmm. of the day the fact that it was it's a it's a young company it's a scaling company that wants to do ambitious things um was the big big pull for me uh yeah. that's, that's ultimately why i joined stone too that's amazing and i would love to just dig in a little bit more and understand about that startup that sounds so exciting yeah. so how did that come about and tell me a bit more about what it was what did, how did that was it just you on your own? Were you working with other people? I'm sure yeah, lots of people will be super interested in hearing this. Yeah, absolutely. So um, actually, it was uh, my first year at the end of my first year of uni. Um, so I was studying uh, sports management at the time. Um, and um, I after my first year, I realized that I was kind of ready to go out into the world and do things. Um, you know, the theory was all very interesting. But for me, it was like, OK, I want to go in and, and do something and try something out. I've always been a big fan of, of fashion and it's always been sort of an area that's really interested me. And I came up with this idea because I felt that, you know, there were all these marketplaces like Vinted or, or Depop or Etsy, all of these types of things that supported big, big brands, right? Big fashion brands. And what I, what I saw is there were a lot of really cool designers, uh, uh, sort of very high quality and interesting designers that didn't have a platform to grow. So we basically built an e-commerce platform to support those brands and, and help them grow and have a place where they could really uh, uh, be seen by a lot of people and 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 sort of scale their business. 
Um, so yeah, I did that for about three years. Um, it included, you know, the whole thing like fundraising. Uh, we had a team of, I think, uh, the, the biggest our team ever was, was about 12, 13 people. Wow. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Right. I mean, I was 19. So of course made a lot of mistakes, of course, learned a lot in the process. Uh, it yeah. really helped me a lot in my career and, uh, yeah, it was just a, a really, really great time for me. That's so cool. And I think the fact that, um, you mentioned there around the whole entrepreneurial thing. And I think mm -hmm. obviously absolutely to, to start your own startup and really kind of build a, a business is yeah. super entrepreneurial. And, but I love how that can cross over to this business. Yeah. One of the really wonderful things about recruitment is how entrepreneurial you can be yeah. by building your own desk. Right. Yeah. I, some of the best recruiters I've worked with across my career in recruitment has been have been very much of the mindset of you're building your own mini business within the yep. business yeah um so that's that's awesome how you can kind of take that experience and, and actually really really easily tie it into something within this business as well yeah absolutely i mean it's really recruitment is one of those things where at the end of the day of course you get a lot of support and training and, and you're part of a bigger company but at the end of the day you know, you are responsible for going out and getting those clients and you're responsible for then finding the right people for those clients. And you really get to decide how your day looks. And a lot of those things are indeed very close to what it what it's like running a business. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. That's that's mm. it's, a, it's a very good practice, let's say. Definitely. Your experience, as I said, you you were sold on the meritocratic. I'm going to try and say it first time. There you go. Totally, totally. <laughs> meritocratic, but obviously commission structure and the, yep. the the kind of ambition that we had as a business. Yeah. Um, your process, if I'm right, was hiring obviously the talent person, getting in touch with you, and then mm -hmm. speaking with uh, at the time Angela, who was the only person in the business when yep. you were uh, in in our European function, and JB. Right. Yeah. What absolutely. was what was that like? What was, you know, speaking to them coming from such an entrepreneurial, you know, I've had my own business yep. mindset. What what yep. was what was that conversation like? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were really interesting interviews. Um, of course, both of them are very impressive people who have, of course, also uh, achieved a lot in their career. And, you know, I think from my perspective, obviously doing those interviews, I, I had done the sales part before I, I'd raised funds, you know, to the tune of, I sort of hired people myself. Um, mm. So I've done a lot of the things that maybe you're required to do in, 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 in the recruitment world. So a lot of it was about, okay, well, what do you want to achieve? And, and um, uh, what are your ambitions, right? And, and a lot of it about motivations, because it's not just, you know, hiring for the recruitment firm is not just about how good you are, but it's also, about, you know, how, how hard will you work or, or what will you give to the company? And also, can you commit to it for a certain period of time, right? Yeah. And um, actually, Angela asked me, she said, okay, well, what would your ambitions be? Uh, and I, I actually told her in the interview, I said, uh, I want to be a director in a year. Uh, I, I don't know if she believed me at the time, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. Spoke it into existence. There yeah, you go. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I was still so caught up on the, the startup piece because I think yeah. especially where you said you went through funding rounds and yeah. you were hiring people, you basically yeah. had the experience of who what our clients go through, right? In yeah. terms of our, our, you're a startup, Steve. <laughs> yeah. In terms of... Uh, from from our ideal client and who we actually yeah. uh, look to work with. Yep. Has that experience? I mean, okay. Let's start from the beginning here. So you've been hired now. Yeah. Your what were those first sort of six weeks like? 
yeah. did that direct experience that you just come from yeah. help you get off the mark quicker than maybe yeah. other people in your cohort? Yeah, hundred percent. So, you know, from my perspective, what what I tell uh, my team now is is you know sometimes, of course. So, I made my first deal after six weeks, uh, uh, which was very fast. Nice, yeah. Uh, uh, and you know what I tell my my consultants now is I say, listen, like I'm not, let's say, a genius or I'm not smarter than you. I just maybe um, because I did this startup, I maybe made the mistakes before joining the company, which maybe mm. people have to go through before they become successful uh, within recruitment, right? So all of yeah. those mistakes, all of those learnings, all of those growth paths that people experience when they just join Storm or, or a recruitment firm, right? Maybe I had made those already and therefore I could kind of go in and of course I could relate to the clients, right? So I could have conversations with them where I understand the business yeah. is run and, and, and how it functions and all of these types of things. Um, so of course it ge- it did give me a huge advantage, but it it doesn't mean that you know looking at the people in my cohort that started, I mean they are they are some of the they are the top builders in Europe at the moment, mm-hmm. right? What you see is that um, those those people also have been able to take those steps that that I'm taking. Um, but like I said, you know, having done the startup thing, I I made those mistakes a little bit earlier, and therefore coming in, I was able to skip a couple steps. Yeah, yeah. To, you know, yeah, I think that's the thing. When you start this business, there's, you know, I, I say it to my team and obviously from my team being in marketing, it's, yeah. it's slightly different. But when you join this business, you don't just have to master recruitment or marketing yeah. or something like that. You also have to ma- uh, master startup. Yeah. <laughs> you have yeah. to master that side of things. And yeah. you came yeah. here with that experience already. Yeah. So you had yeah. sort of 50 percent of how to sell to these people you already yeah. had sort of down path yeah. so uh so yeah definitely better off the starting blocks for sure yeah is that well, something that from where you're working with your team now and obviously now in your current role we'll, we'll get to your journey in a second but mm-hmm. is that something that you've been able to pass on do you use a lot of kind of personal anecdotes in your kind of conversation with your team now yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think um well it's the big it's it's more of the learnings rather than the yeah. anecdotes, right? It's the things I've learned. And and one thing I learned is going through uh running a startup, but then actually also even more my journey here, going through the highs and lows of you know, running big teams and 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 having to do all of these things is making mistakes and failure is the quickest way to grow, right? Mm-hmm. Um there's actually a quote from Bill Gates where he says the most successful people in the world are not the most intelligent or the most capable. They're the ones who fail the most. Yeah. Uh, so essentially the ones who have put themselves out there the most, right? So, cause if you yeah. put yourself out there, you end up failing more and therefore growing more. Um, mm. So that's, that's one of them. So I would say rather than the personal anecdotes, which of course get used sometimes, it's more the learnings uh, that I took from that whole journey, both in my startup and now here at Storm that yeah. I can then share with, with my team to obviously give them, maybe the bigger picture uh, when they're going through the day-to-day of recruitment, which of course yeah. can be quite hectic, right? So, um, yeah. Of course. No, that's good. That's amazing. I also love that quote. I've also, uh, just to add on to that one, there's another one that says, I haven't failed 50 times. I've learned 50 ways not to do it, yeah, exactly. um, which is exactly the same thing, right? It's, it's yeah. literally driving the whole, it's just, you've made the mistakes, you've learned from them, and now you can pivot yeah. and go, go down the right route. That's awesome. I would love to just take you back to that day two years ago now. And if you can sum up your career journey so far at Levin over those last two years, 
Yeah. What yeah. have been the key milestones? What is for you, rather than me saying, when did you get a team or when did you do this? Yeah. What have yeah. for you have been the key milestones over the last two years? Like I've said to you before, right? It, it doesn't feel like two years. It feels like a bit longer. <laughs> 11 but, years, yeah. 11 years. Which exactly. Is... <laughs> exactly. Um, no, so obviously the first deal um, was great. Um, but I would say the first, talking talk on the theme of failure, the first uh, big uh, uh, moment for me was actually in, in August. So I started in, uh, in, in end of April, early May. And that August was the first time I had sort of a major setback. Um, I had three deals fall through in one week. Um, I was actually on holiday that week as well. Which oh, no. uh, yeah. Um, but uh, I had three deals fall through and I was obviously super upset. Um, and uh, Joanna, who was my people ups at the time, uh, she, she came to me and she said, this is the best thing that could have ever happened to you. And of course, my first reaction was like, why are you what? saying this? Obviously not. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but um, but no, she said, she said, how are you ever going to manage a team when you don't know what it's like to lose a deal or how to get around that or how to learn from those mistakes, right? How are you going to help them Thank close you. deals when you haven't gone through those things? So looking back, that was a really, really big moment for me. Yeah. That it is kind of just all gone my way those first four or five months. Um, so, so yeah, so that was really important. Um, but I would say... The recruitment side apart, because for me, leading and managing teams was sort of really my my ambition and goal. And I would say the mm -hmm. first thing that I was really incredibly proud about is I took over my first team in December. And we actually, so it was a six-person team, and we actually did about 600K in three months, um, wow. which, which was um, from someone who had taken over, you know, their first team, uh, a record. Amazing. Previous record was about eight, nine months. Um so that was that was huge. I had a great team, of course, at the time that that helped. I had to have the the, the right people, of course. Um, but that was a huge milestone for me because it was like, all right, hey, listen, like I I can see how to build uh, uh, at least at that point a small team that that can be really successful. Mm. Um, and then four or five months later, in the meantime, I'd taken over an engineering team, which was a totally different challenge because it was a team that was, let's say, not performing at the time had a bunch of talented individuals but it just wasn't working mm. um, and of course that was then a different challenge in completely turning it around um which also became a very successful team within the business and then yeah a year in uh, i took over storm two i would say that's the biggest milestone for me um mm. also because it was the first time in levin i had been put in front of a challenge that was totally new territory for me yeah right? I had done the sort of thing. I'd managed sort of 10, 12 people. So I, I'd kind of gone through that experience. But now it's like, okay, here's 30, 35 people. Here's a new academy. Here's a commercial and a people ops. And you're in charge of it all. And by the way, the profit and loss and the NFI, that's that's all. Yeah. You're right. um, so it's like, okay, wow, this is a really great challenge, right? So that was for me the big thing. And, and that's really when I also had my first really big challenges, uh, lots of ups and downs, of course. Mm. Um, and, and I would say the last one that I would mention is over that summer, we had some really challenging times. Um, I was learning, I was growing, I was kind of finding my feet. Uh, and like I said, it was the first time where I really wasn't sure what I was doing. And, and, you know, we came out of that summer and, and we had after that three or four really, really good months, uh, back to back. And, and the team was just and is, you know, yeah. has been performing at a very high level. So to, to go through that dip, to go through those challenges and to come out of it, um, that was the proudest moment for me, really. That's amazing. And 
as is the Levin way, just as you get comfortable, just as you're really kind of in your stride, high performing yeah. team, we chuck at you another brand and now you're managing Storm 3 as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Another brand and also a new market, right? So I have a new health tech, which is also a different challenge. Luckily, I have a great team with me. Uh, so the people ops and the commercial and everyone um, are fantastic. So they've helped me hugely through it. So that's just another really exciting challenge, to be honest. Amazing. Love that. And managing managers as well, right? That's yep. a different experience to um, managing the, you know, we, we talk about how many people have you got now within the two teams, Storm 2 and Storm 3? How many people is that? Um, just under 50 people at the moment. So just under 50 people, which is yep. enormous, by the way. That yep. is a, that's not just a startup. That's a no. small, medium, medium-sized business. Yeah. <laughs> the... 50 people, obviously, you're not directly line managing 50 people, no. but you are responsible for them. Yep. You're managing managers. And yep. one of the things I'm really keen on uh, just digging into with you, and yep. this kind of shifts now into looking at those challenges, those lessons that you've learned so far. But I know for a lot of people who join this business in the same similar situation to you, you know, you join as an academy, you join with a big group of peers. There will be people who, much like yourself, who excel and are given opportunities to then take on managing who were their peers at the yeah. same level when they joined. Yeah. What's that experience been like for you going from joining shoulder to shoulder as peers, as yeah. associates, yeah. to then managing these people who have become your friends, essentially, yeah. as well? Yeah. How has that been? What have been the lessons? What's the advice for anyone who might be kind of about to be doing that as well? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, it's it's not easy. Um, that's for sure. Um, you know, it's much easier taking in a new group of people who immediately see you as their manager. Um, and of course, like you said, a lot of them are are very good friends of mine. Um, mm. and in the beginning, that was challenging for for both sides. Um, and um, you know, you have to make sure that you separate what is business and what is friendship very clearly. Um, so that that came in the form of some very tough conversations, uh, some e easier than others. Um, and, and of course, what's important is you have to be able to sort of get in a room and, and for lack of a better term, you know, be able to yell at each other and have it out and then yeah. walk away and separate what's just happened from a business perspective, which is sometimes necessary um and and the outside part of that is hey listen you are a great friend of mine and you know we respect each other enough to say that's business and this is friendship um and that's such an important thing um yeah. the other side of that is you know obviously when you start with people who start managing people who are your peers is you have to win that respect right when you when mm. you start with people who join the business and they see you as a manager that respect is almost not quite but almost a given but yeah, you have to win that respect. And that's an extra challenge, right? So, and and I'm very proud that we have found a way to 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 work together and do it successfully. But yeah, like I said, I think at the end of the day, it's it's about having those honest conversations with each other, having the res respect for each other to be able to have those honest conversations and then setting clear boundaries on, you know, when you are together in a in a in a friendship environment that that you don't start communicating as your roles in the business. Yeah. Uh, so keeping that separate is super important. Love that. And I love the the piece around the respect. I think that is such a uh, interesting scenario that so many other, if you're in a different industry and things like that, you don't 
often go through it as much as this yeah. so it is a really yeah. interesting scenario that there will be lots of people that will be listening to this who yeah. either will be you know if they have that ambition to be leading teams this is going to be something that happens with them so it's really, really good advice from you there you mentioned there around obviously some really cool people who have been there from the get-go who have been peers maybe you manage them now but maybe also they're now in different functions as well who yeah. have been your rocks who have been those people that yeah. you uh, really kind of leaned on over the past two years to to help yeah. you get to where you are the difficulty about answering that question is there's there's almost too many to mention. So that's the difficulty. <laughs> no offense to anyone not mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, the first one, I would say it, it has to be Angela, of course. Uh, she's really mentored me and helped me grow and, and challenged me at times. Like really, you know, sometimes it's also been, hey, I'm not going to solve this for you. This is for you to solve, right? And then you mm. grow through that. So, you know, Angela's really mentored me through this whole situation uh, uh, and and helped me grow as a leader of the business. Of course, Joanna, who was my people up, so was my direct people ops manager and now is, of course, the director of people at, at in Amsterdam, is someone I can always come to for advice. And, and of course, we, we always uh, brainstorm very often about how to improve things and how can we create the best business. Um, and then within my own business, I mean, you know, you mentioned the, the topic of obviously managing managers, right? Yeah. Uh, and people who are your peers and your friends. And and uh, there's three people, Renato, Shah, Naveen, uh, and there's so many others. So uh, like I said, um, everyone has been super important, but these three, uh, two of them I started with and, and, and Renato started uh, not soon after, mm. uh, who have really helped me in my journey and always been there both as friends and as colleagues, which I think yeah. is important. Um, they're all three very close friends of mine as well. And, and together we've built a, a very good business and and they've always been there to support me in my journey but also they know I'm there to support them in their journey um and we're all young right so we all yeah. share the same struggles we all uh, uh share the same experiences and therefore we go through these things together so whilst Joanna and Angela has been different because they've always also been you know giving me advice and mentoring me um this is more kind of a thing we've we've all gone through it together and we've all come out of it together right um yeah. So yeah, that those are those are the core people, but there's so many. That's so good. You mentioned before, I know that we've we've spoken about this before, and I know that um, it's something that we speak about as a business, and often it's some it's often quite a gendered conversation when we talk about imposter syndrome and things. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really important to uh, you had a really interesting take on it, I think, when we spoke about this before, around is that something that you have felt yeah. as you've gone through the ranks here, but also um, taken on so much more responsibility over the course of pretty much three month intervals, right? You're, yeah. You could probably break out, break down your career here into yeah. three month chunks. <laughs> yeah. um, what have been the moments? Is imposter syndrome in your vocabulary or, or how do you approach that? So what I mentioned to you earlier, right, is is I didn't really ever feel sort of imposter syndrome. Um, yeah. I kind of always felt, okay, I have the results to back up why I'm here and, and and what I'm doing in this position. So I never really felt like, okay, I don't deserve to be here or 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 I yeah. shouldn't be here or anything like this. Um, however, I think one common thing is, um, you know, usually everyone thinks, okay, you know, he's a director or he's this or he's that, and and he knows what he's doing. Uh, I can tell you that's that that has not always been the case, um, and it's sort of been a lot of the times figuring it out as we go as we go along. 
Yeah. So there's been loads of moments where I, I felt completely lost and and kind of going, okay, what is my job actually? And, and how am I going to do it? And how, how am I going to create this? And, you know, what am I doing in that sense? Yeah. Um, but but it it's also just been then kind of figuring it out as you go along. And then, you know, with every role, the more time you spend on it, the more you sort of start to get a grips of it and and, and what you're doing on a day-to-day and how you're doing it. Definitely. So every step has been a new experience of, okay, here's a new step. Here's a new challenge. Okay, I feel completely lost. I don't know what to do. Okay, let's figure it out. Yeah. Um, of course, with the support around me and then and then going from there. Um, but the imposter syndrome, like I said, it's it's not something I've experienced. And I think the key to that has been whenever that may be creeping in, I also kind of sometimes remind myself of what I've achieved in the past to give me the confidence yeah. of what I can achieve in the future. Um, and that's kind of what I've used to, to stay away from that. I love that. And I think that is so important. It's that's why I kind of wanted to pick this up today, because I know when we spoke about that before, you were you said exactly as you just said you know you don't have imposter syndrome and I think that's important to say because of how you've described it yeah. because you've said yes I don't necessarily I have gone into situations where I haven't had the answer before I've gone into the situation but yeah. that is something that as an entire business no no one in this business has recreated this before exactly. <laughs> this isn't this isn't anyone's you know even JB who Obviously, when when he launched this business, there was a there was a goal of doing something faster and quicker. But he also didn't start his previous business in the role that he has started this business. So every single person in this business has exactly as you said there. This is new. Yes, we can all draw from different experiences, from different scenarios that we've been in. But we are where we are and people are promoted and moved into positions exactly as you say remind yourself of why you have because of the results because of the potential because of all of the kind of way of thinking and approaching things that you already have done in your past examples so um i think that's just such a good way of thinking of it and i think that was important to kind of share with people yeah Um, i can share i can share with you one thing that's quite interesting about this yeah go on is uh actually when i First took over Storm 2. JB actually visited Amsterdam a couple months later. And this is when things weren't yeah. going as I'd hoped. And, and we were going through those challenges. Uh, and uh, I remember he told me a story. Uh, I'm not going to share the story. Uh, but at the end of the story, he said, just remember, you he said, however stressed you are, you can never be as stressed as I am. Um, <laughs> and that made me feel really good. Um, so, <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was that really helped me at the time. That is true. It's not your name on the bottom of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, it's it's true. It's a good way of thinking about it. Whatever makes people feel better, you know. If it's, <laughs> if it's just going to make you feel better, the fact that someone's more stressed than you, then great. <laughs> I want to just pull back because you spoke about startups and how you've had that experience, and we spoke about what you took from that and brought into this business. Yeah. I want to flip it on its head. What are the core lessons from your experience here that you could take on to joining a startup, joining another business? What are the core things that are different here or that you've been really able to learn? Yeah. I think the first lesson is that anyone who's building something new and doing, you know, building a scaling business and, and maybe doing something that no one's done before, uh, whether that be the speed that you're growing or, or the concept of what you're doing it with, um, is that 
no one has all the answers and therefore mm. you know you kind of have to continuously be innovating and and being creative and thinking outside of the box uh and so learning how to think outside the box has been a, a, a huge uh, uh, lesson for me and how to do that consistently and kind of continue to grow a business. Um, I also learned that no scaling business scales without its challenges, right? Um, yeah. And having to get through that those challenges and, you know, at the end of the day, having to make difficult decisions and having to do, make unpleasant decisions sometimes, right? These are mm. all part of joining and, and building a scaling business. Um, and that's a big thing that I've learned is, you know, running a business of such success it cannot always be happy times and, and yeah. everything's great and all of these types of things you have to deal with incredible amounts of pressure and incredible amounts of uh, uh, uh difficulties along the way right and that's what makes the journey so special um, mm. so learning how to deal with those things but dealing with them in the right way and dealing them uh with them with respect uh, uh, uh and with integrity that I think is what defines a business, not having mm. to make those decisions, but doing it with those core values. Um, that's one thing I've really learned uh, at Levin. Sort of lastly, uh, I would say, uh, and this is a really a sort of a, a business learn, um, is that uh, cash is king. So what do I mean <laughs> with that? Uh, is for me, I always kind of had the perception of cool. Like if you're generating X amount of revenue and you're scaling X amount per year and all of these types of things, you know, investors will just throw money at you and you know everything's great and and you can just continue to scale um but at some point um you know the cash that you have in your bank account also defines uh what you can do and 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 where you can grow and and how fast you can grow and in what places you can grow and and mm. what next steps you can take right so it's not just about how many, how much revenue are we generating how fast are we growing it's also about are you making sure you're taking care of the business in a healthy way so is yeah. there you know, do you have all of these these sort of checks and balances in order to make sure that, um, you know, a business is healthy? And the, the best example I could use to that is, you know, imagine you have uh, a person uh, who's wildly successful um, and, and you know, sort of either building businesses or, or is an amazing athlete or whatever it is, um, but they don't take care of themselves. So they eat terribly or or they 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 smoke or whatever it is, they're not being healthy, right? Um that person is not sustainable, right? In a sense. Uh, and that's yeah, yeah, yeah. It to, to a business that doesn't focus on those checks and balances. Yeah, definitely. There's another saying for you. Turnover is vanity. Profit is sanity. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Another yeah. one for you for the, yeah. for the uh, quotes of this episode. Exactly. exactly. Um, I have a lot more quotes if you want to hear them. <laughs> I love it. We could have a quote <laughs> off. <laughs> um, that's so, so, so key there. I think uh, all of those ones. And I really like the fact that you mentioned about the whole cash is king thing, because I think mm -hmm. with this uh, podcast, we obviously are in these conversations, we're talking about people's journeys here, but it's so good to be really recognizing that this is a stepping stone for a lot of people. And, and by that, I mean, Levin and their, their roles here. It's something that can be a 10 year, a 20 year stepping stone if you want to make it that, yeah. <laughs> but it's still learning everything to be able to take it onto your next, next role and next yeah. kind of career move, whatever that may be. And whenever yeah. that may be, we just hope we can kind of eke out as much of uh, the, you know, potential out of people until yeah. before they decide that they want to move on and do whatever is right for them. 
what would you say looking ahead uh what are you most excited about over the next 12 months over the next year i mean i should say at the start you mentioned in your interview that you'd be a director in a year and it came true let's call it out now right now what's going to be happening in a year for jan yeah so in a year uh i want to be opening my own office uh so you know obviously part of why i joined levin and i don't know if i mentioned that in the beginning but um through my journey here it's not just been okay you know, I mentioned the commissions and the growth and all of these things, but it's also learning from my perspective because uh, in the future, um, I will start my own startup again uh, and I will do it in a way that will become more successful than the last one. Um, Amazing. And part of this is learning all the steps of what does it mean to build an extremely successful high growth business. Um, yeah. And so the next step in that for me, uh, is to start my own office, right? So, so really, the 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 whole finding an office, you know, getting all the materials uh, put together, hiring the first cohort, uh, hiring the leadership team, uh, you know, being in a whole new location all by ourselves yeah. and building something from scratch, from complete scratch. Because we did that in Amsterdam, I've seen it, but I I yeah. was a consultant then, right? I wasn't doing it myself. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the next step for me. Amazing. Love that. Um, did you listen to Joanna's episode where she spoke about setting up COVID screens in her first week? Because yeah. <laughs> are you sure you want to be doing everything, Jan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned there uh, about high performance teams. Um, you mentioned like you've been part of it. You want to be able to do that. What do you think is the secret to a high performance team? Hmm. Yeah. Um, so... This is something I'm really passionate about, actually, uh, um, and it's something I, I spend a lot of time thinking about. Um, yeah. And I think very often we get stuck into the mindset of, okay, we need to teach, let's use obviously Levin as an example, right? We need to teach these people how to recruit, which yes, of course, is the basic of it. And, and of course we need to do that. But um, I think high performance teams, what are the characteristics of that? It's people who are who enjoy coming to work to work hard uh, with the last bit being obviously important to that sentence um, who love to come to work hard. Uh, uh, it's also people who are self-reflective and will teach themselves. So, so they consistently reflect on their performance and consistently think about how can they improve and grow? Cause you cannot always be there to point mm. out, you know, what can someone improve with? Um, and it's a commitment to each other, right? It's a commitment to each other that we hold each other accountable. So that's me, to the team and that's the team to me uh, and that's everyone to their peers so it's 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 a team that holds each other Reason. accountable to the highest of standards um and and lastly it's it's ambition right um high performance okay. teams have to have ambitious individuals um um talking about quotes there's a quote i love uh, uh which is um if you set your goals high enough uh even if you fail you'll have fail above everyone else. And that's one of my favorite quotes uh, because that ambition is important, right? Because even if you don't hit your goals, if, if your goals are that high, then you're still going to end up somewhere really well. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, so I think those are kind of the key components. Um, and, and also, you know, the self-reflection part being really big. 
um, is, is to teach people how to really be able to analyze themselves and grow and, and improve themselves so that in the end, they're actually teaching themselves how to recruit in this sense and, and they're growing themselves and you're just there to sort of keep them in track and, and, and point them in the right direction. Um, but it's it's not sustainable if you don't have a team that cannot grow itself and, and teach itself, right? Otherwise, mm. at some point, um, uh, your team will be at a size where you cannot be there with everyone anymore and you cannot help everyone anymore, right? And and at that point, you need people who will be doing that themselves and therefore then also teaching other people. So yeah, I think those are sort of the key components of, of building a performance team. And it's, it's less for me about the tactical elements of, as I said, teaching someone how to recruit, but really working on the, the psychology and the mental part of a human being and how can you then get the most out of that human being from a psychological standpoint, um, mm-hmm. which in turn improve their performance from a tactical standpoint. That's that's brilliant. That's such a such a good way of thinking about it. Sure. We love talking about whys in this business. Um, I'm <laughs> sure you've been asked this hundreds of times, had to say yeah. it in front of lots of different people, but I'm going to ask you again. What's your why, Jan? So there, there of course, are multiple, and I think most people have a few different ones. Um, of course, one of them is, like I said, I want to I wanna start uh, a business and, and understand how to do it and, and do it well. Um, but the big one is, so to put into context, I've never really been someone who sees my life going in the direction, okay, I want to I wanna build a family, I want to do this, and I, I just want to have that sort of comfort and uh, that route. Um, so for me, I've always been really passionate about helping other people and sort of helping mm. people that are already on this earth who maybe don't have the most fortunate circumstances. Yeah. Um, so I used to do a lot of charity work. I used to, uh, I actually did the three peaks challenge in the UK. I don't know if you know it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and some other things. And what I realized is, and doing some research is that a lot of the money I raised and a lot of the money a lot of people raise for these things, they go into operational costs because these charities are businesses, right? And that's not their fault. They have to. But they that money goes gets sunk into operational costs. And for me, that just wasn't a route I wanted to go into. Um, and so, so for me, I realized there is another option. Um, I could also become incredibly rich and then use my own money to sort of invest in the projects I want to invest in and then obviously go and be there hands-on and, and do what I love and, and help people, but also be able to allocate funds to those places. So eventually that's my goal is to build enough recurring revenue streams for myself that generates enough money to be able to help uh, uh, the areas of the world that I, that I, that I want to help. Amazing. Love that. And last but not least, the final question that we're asking everyone in this series, what is your favorite question to ask in an interview? I'm only going to answer that question if you answer. <laughs> Everyone keeps putting me on the spot with this. <laughs> Go on. So my favorite question to ask, um, and I ask this in every interview, uh, no matter who I'm interviewing, is if you were a fruit, what fruit would you be and why? Do you know what? I'm, uh, I realize I just said you put me on the spot with this, but you asked me this yesterday and I have actually um been trying to think of a really good answer for it and I've had 24 hours so I can't even imagine what people (laughs) will answer when they are put on the spot but I have come up with a I have come up with an answer so uh if anyone who you're interviewing in the future says this answer then they have copied me just so you know (laughs) I think I would be an apple okay okay an apple and I'll tell you why because they are very versatile 
You okay. can have them. You can have them in a pie. You can have them in a crumble. You could eat them on their own. You could chop them up and put them on salads, like yep. shaved apple bits. Mm -hmm. I think they are super, super versatile. So therefore, I think that that is something that I um, I'm a very adaptable person. I can you can put yeah. me in groups and I will just blend in. So yeah. that is my answer to that. And that's taken 24 hours to think up that question. So I this is my least favorite question to be put on the spot for. <laughs> <laughs> it is a it is a good question. It's it a really good question. question. Um, I just love the the reason yeah, why it's, though. Uh, it's so the reason why I asked this question, and actually I've never heard Apple before, so that's a really good answer. But again, hey. I had twenty four <laughs> hours to to think of it. The reason why I asked this question is it's not about the answer; it's about how unique exactly. the answer is, and it's about how quickly someone can answer. Right? Yeah. Well, I would yeah. fail on the quick one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, the, the most common one, I'll tell you, the most common one I've had, uh, and so if you're listening to this and ever interviewing with me, don't ask this question, um, is I would be a pineapple because I'm hard on the outside and soft on the inside. Um, and it's just, it's it's too common at this point. Too many people. Think I also it. don't think that's a positive thing. <laughs> oh, exactly. I think, I think no, it's no. be like, oh, I'm tough, but I'm also sweet. Yeah, of, of course. Um, it's actually very similar to, I've, we're just going on to a tangent about interview questions now, but I, uh, in a previous job, got asked, what's a common misconception about you? And yeah. that was a horrible question. <laughs> Yeah, so exactly anyone, right. you can have that, anyone who's listening to this, what's a common misconception about you? A really horrible interview question, but it yeah. was a good, good answers yeah. if you can come up with something. Sure. Um, <laughs> Jan, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you and hearing your journey so far. I am so excited to see what you do with uh, the Storm 2, Storm 3 across Europe, but also in a year's time coming to visit your new office. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, Chelsea. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Jan.